Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Morning. <laughs> it wasn't it great to see all the kids men and teachers up front, eh? Um, a little bit feminine, though. Yeah. We're all the guys and kidsmen, and where they are. Ooh. Um, so just uh, before we start in worship, I had this amazing picture, and um, and I think it's if if nothing else, I trust that this is what you received this morning, and that is, I saw um, the angels in heaven running around with these big buckets, and uh, and God the Father saying. Go into the storehouse where the lovers take a big bucket and then pour it on everyone. And the angels are just delighted and running around with these buckets, just pouring it on each and every one of us. Isn't that an amazing thing? Just to know that God wants to pour his love into us. So Father, I thank you for the amazing picture that you gave me this morning of your desire to pour your love onto each and every one of us. Lord, that you don't only desire it, but you set it in place. That your angels do your bidding by running around with delight and pouring love on each of us. We receive that now, Lord. We receive it with gladness. If nothing else today, we receive your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's good. So, um... It is true. I did build the, the church, um, some of it by my own hands, but uh, with the staff that we could pull together, and uh, we built the, the church building that we are in today, which is amazing, and it's a privilege to still be here and seeing how much God is doing in a building such as this that I had a hand in putting together. But uh, a few months ago, Shan, who heads up our, our kids' ministry, brought me a, a word. She said, uh, so I've got a word for you. So I said, okay, great. It's time, yes, because uh, I could do with some input from God. And um, so she said, she said uh, I've written it down, so I'll read it out to you. She said, I had a word or a vision for you last night while I was praying for Hillside. Specifically, I was, think, I was thanking God for wisdom at this time. And I had a clear encounter moment with him. I was with him in a boardroom, and there was a rolled up piece of paper on the table, as big as building plans. He said to me, do not fear, for I have given Roger the blueprint. As he said this, he opened up the plan, and it turned into a television screen right next to him in the air. I think that's what we call heavenly airdrop. <laughs> he pointed to various things. And things saying, Roger knows these plans. And he rolled them up again and laid them on the table and said, Roger's got this, and winked at me. He was a proud papa, so excited and confident. The peace was tangible. And when she gave me this word, it's like, wow, that's quite, it's quite a weight to carry. But it, it just reminded me of, of how awesome it is that God chooses us. It's just a privilege that we get to partner with God in this season that we're going into. 
a season of, of building Hillside into a new season, which is really exciting. But it is, um, it's a privilege. It's not something that any of us should take lightly. And uh, in the prayer meeting this morning, I was just saying, today is significant. Today is a significant day. Because today we encounter God. And tomorrow will also be significant. Each and every one of our days is significant. We should not take each day lightly. It's significant. Even today is a significant day. And... Um, so I am a builder, as you may have gathered, and uh, I understand the importance of foundations. Foundations are the most important thing, I believe, in the building. Uh, Patrick might think that the design is the most important thing, um, and I think function is the most important thing. So Patrick and I have had many discussions about function over form and form over function, and but, uh, but we worked well together, and uh, it, it was a privilege building this building with Pat. He is he's an amazing architect. But um, so we as, a, we as a leadership team, we take it very seriously. How do we build Hillside going forward? So the title of my preach this morning is The Blueprint of Growth. And um, so we take it very seriously, and we've been spending much time together just talking about What's, what it looks like in this new season that we're going into. What are we doing? What is the, what is the way forward? What do we see in the future? But, uh, and so much so that we have spent a lot of time uh, talking to people in the church, but people from other churches, other church leaders. We've been doing research. We've been praying a lot. We've been, we've been taking it very seriously. And, um, but there's one thing that I want to say this morning is that that we are just going to give you the foundations. Because if our foundations are not solid, then everything else we do, we do in vain. The foundation to everything we do is important. And um, so I'm going to start off by saying that in Genesis 1 and 2, and emphasized again in Ephesians 1 to 4, God created us as the focus of his love. He who is love created us out of love to be loved. From the Message Bible, it says, He had in his mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. The foundation or the purpose of, of God creating us is that we would be loved. Isn't that amazing? He created us out of love to be loved. But he also just didn't create us to be the focus of his love. He also created us to understand or experience love. So if I created this book out of love, so that I could love it. This book cannot respond, does not know what love is. This, got no, this book's got no idea. It's just paper. But he created us to be receivers. Imagine yourself as a big satellite dish to receive love. Isn't that amazing? Or is it just me? I think it's amazing. We have been created to receive love. 
But the funny thing is that he also created us to be free. So if we are free, we, we need to be able to choose between receiving love and not receiving love. Giving love or not giving love. God will never take away that freedom from us. He's given us the freedom to receive love or not to receive it. It's a simple truth. It's like, you know, you don't know what hot is if you don't know what cold is. It's just one of those simple things. But it's, that's the way we have been created. There's still two trees. There's the tree of life and there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We can choose to go to one or the other. In order to get to the tree of life, we go through Jesus. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we've got, it, we've got access to it all the time. We see it in the world, everywhere we go. And thanks to Nick Faircliffe, thank you my, my brother, he sent me a, a clip from Rick Warren, and uh, he said the purpose, or there were two things in the, the podcast that I, that I took out of that, was our purpose is to be loved by God. That's cool. Our purpose is to be loved by God. But also, our calling is to be in relationship with God and to be a member of His family, to experience what it means to be in family, to love one another, which was amazing. So these are all simple truths, but what has this got to do with the blueprint of Hillside? What is our foundation? So I'm going to start off by giving us a little story that I've read recently. And uh, in the early 19th century, uh, there's a monastery in Europe that, uh, that the, the monks had started leaving. The building had become quite dilapidated. It was kind of getting to the point of, I don't think we can carry on anymore. There was only five monks left in, to, in this massive monastery. Part of the monastery they had stopped using completely because the, it was just too big for them to maintain. And it used to be a very thriving monastery, and the, the village used to come, and they used to enjoy the, the monastery. They used to come and spend time in the gardens, have picnics, and uh, they'd go to church there. Um, but th this had come to a stage where there were only five monks left, and, the, and the, the chief monk, I don't know what you call him. Huh? Abbot. Okay, that dude. He, he said to the other monks, he said, you know, there's, there's something wrong. We, we need to find some help. And uh, there happened to be a, a pastor in, a, in, in the local church in the village that used to come into the forest where the monastery was. And he used to come about once a week. He used to come into this little hut and he used to pray in the, in the little hut and then he would go back to the, to the village. And um, so the one day the, the abbot decided he would go and ask for help from this pastor. So he makes his way to the pastor's hut and he meets up with the pastor and he says, Pastor, I'd, I'd really, really appreciate just a word or something. Just tell me what I need to do in order for this monastery not to die. And so the pastor said, well, actually, I don't have anything for you. But let's just pray. Let's, let's worship. So they prayed and they worshiped. And the, the monk was actually quite disappointed. He was hoping that he would get this download from heaven, that he'd get this word. And suddenly he would know what to do. And so he was just about to leave, and he said to the pastor, he said, surely there's just, there's a word. There's something that you need to tell me that would help us. And uh, so the pastor turned around, and he said to, to the abbot, he said, he said, one of you monks is the Savior. 
and he walked away. And the guy was very confused. He said, that is so strange. I mean, no, could it be me? I don't, but I'm not, I'm not pure enough. Surely I don't have it in me. Or could it be, um, I don't know, the other monk? Peter, whoever. But then he went to each mice. Could it be that one? Could it be this one? This one's got an amazing heart, but he's a bit grumpy sometimes. And could it be that one? And he went through all, all four of the other monks, and he thought, no, it can't be any of them. But so he decided to, to tell the monks the story. So he says, says to them, listen, um, this pastor says that one of us is the Savior. And then an amazing thing happened. They all started treating each other as if the other one was Jesus. They all saw the other person as if they were Jesus. And they just started loving each other, just appreciating them for who they were. And the, the, just the whole atmosphere in the monastery changed. So much so that the villagers, for whatever reason, decided to come back. And they started spending time in the gardens. And, um, and then they they, they felt the love that was amongst the monks so much so that they wanted to be a part of it. And the monastery grew again and grew again. And, and the villagers started adding money to the, to the monastery and they restored the monastery. And that monastery is still going really strong today. Isn't that a great little story? It is true. It is a true story. And um, I believe the foundation for Hillside needs to be and will be love. The foundation to everything that we're about needs to be love. In Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, it says this. But speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives, expressing his truth. Let us grow up in all things into him, following his example who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, the church, in uh, in all its, uh, sorry, in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies. With each part is, when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. And this love that the scripture is talking about is agape love. So if you've been in church circles for some time, you might have heard what agape love is. And I'm just going to remind us exactly of what agape love is. It is unconditional. It is commanded by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, activated by our own choice with, with specific action and results. And um, I think in church circles, we, we, we kind of get to the point of grace is so amazing. God loves me. And the angels run around and they pour these buckets of love onto me. And it's so good, and I bask in that, and I've got my big receiver, the satellite dish that just receives this love. It's, it's so amazing. Uh, and then we forget that God our Father actually commands us to love. He does, it's not a, like, maybe if you're feeling it, if you're not too tired, if, uh, if your bank account is looking okay, and maybe the kids aren't screaming too much, maybe then, would you mind just, you know, just loving one another a little bit, just for today, 
He doesn't do that. He commands us to love one another. And it's okay to receive a command because the commands that we get from God are good for us. They are really good for us. He doesn't command us to do anything uh, that is not love-based. The kingdom of heaven is based in love. The foundation of heaven is love. So what comes out of heaven, even if it's a command, is love. And is love not good for us? Absolutely. So the command of heaven is to love one another. But we still have a choice. We choose to do a specific action with the love that we give. And um, another little quote for us. The most useful asset of a person is not a head full of knowledge, but a heart full of love, with ears open to listen and hands willing to help. That's good, eh? Yeah. So it's not just a head full of knowledge, but it's a heart full of love with hands that are willing to do the job. Your ministry extends as far as your love. Oops. Seriously, think about it. Your influence will extend as far as you love. I know that I don't receive from somebody if I'm not feeling the love. It's just one of those simple things. So if we are prepared to give love just to this point, your ministry, your influence will only go this far. If you're prepared to love a little greater area, a little bit further, a little bit further, think about how far your influence will be. The whole world is a place that you could love and you would have influence over it. As I said just now, the kingdom, the rule of the kingdom that we call to be a part of is love. God's kingdom extends because of love. The church grows because of love. And... um, so I've been quite intrigued recently with uh, the book of Ephesians and um, specifically chapter 3, 4, and 5. And um, so if you want to turn with me to Ephesians 3. And uh, we'll just read verse 6. It says, This mystery, that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and share together in the promise in Jesus Christ. So there was a mystery that is being revealed, and that is that the Gentiles, meaning you and me, would understand and have a part of God's kingdom through Jesus Christ, through what Jesus has done for us. And it says later on, um, just reading halfway through, let me just go straight to uh, verse 10. It says, his intent was, was that now, Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Okay? So through the church, the heavenly realms would understand what God's wisdom is. Okay? According to the eternal purpose, which is he accomplished. 
which, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus the Lord. So what did he accomplish? He changed something. Something was changed through Jesus. It was now that we had access to the love of God. Because later down in the scriptures it says, um, it says, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And that we may have power to grasp how long and how wide and all the rest of it. The love that Christ has for us. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge. So I spoke earlier about two trees. There's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there is a tree of life. So that we would know this life that surpasses, goes greater than the knowledge Jesus has done that for us, to live in the love that, that we receive, but also that we might, might have love for one another and that the church will grow. Because it's, later on it speaks about the, the fivefold gifts, the uh, gift of the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher, etc. But then it says, instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. For him, sorry, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So in order for us to grow, we need love. And that's the essence of what I'm trying to get at this morning is that in everything we do, we need to love. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Jesus told his disciples how to witness. He said, this is how people will know that you are my disciples, for the love that you have for one another. And then Jesus displays something incredible. So he, he washes his disciples' feet. And often I kind of just brush over that, you know, that was amazing. That's a great picture of, of, of a leader, you know, serving and doing that kind of thing. But it's, it's so much more than that. Jesus, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he knew already at that stage that Judas was going to betray him. He knew that Peter would deny him three times. He knew that Thomas would doubt him. What does he do? Even in that place, he washes their feet, one at a time. Even in the knowledge of what was to come, he submits himself and he loves upon them. That's amazing. We... We don't even know what people are going to do for us, do to us, and we resist them. The love that Jesus had was, even though you were going to betray me, I will still wash your feet. I will still extend love and grace towards you. I think it's hugely challenging. It is a massive challenge for us as a church to love one another, regardless of how you're going to behave towards me. I show love. In everything we do, a new command I give to you, 
that you would love your neighbor as you love yourself. The greatest tool of evangelism is the love you show for one another. The greatest tool that you would use to teach is to love one another. The greatest way to pastor people is to love one another. The greatest way to be prophetic is to love one another. The greatest way to be apostolic is to love one another. You know, the, the first preach I did after the handover was that we would be a church that would have an environment to thrive in and that, that we as leaders would blow wind into the sails of you guys that, that have gifts and we, wa- and we want to see that happen. We want to see you, you grow in the goodness that God has put in you and the gifts that he's put in you. But if we don't do it with love, if we don't show love for one another, It'll all be in vain. It'll all be for nothing. It's great to have these good ideas and things, but the foundation of everything is that we need, we need to love one another. And that love is not just, um, oh, when I feel like it. God commands it of us, but we've got a choice to respond to that love. You know, the, one of the biggest complaints that the world has about the church is that we're judgmental. Am I right? The world looks at the church and says, you judge us so much. You judge me for this or that idea or the way I look or my behavior, whatever it is. The irony is that the world does that anyway. But the sad part of it is that we are just like the world when we judge. We need to be a place that shows love and acceptance. A place that is different from the world. Otherwise, why would someone ever, ever want to come here? This should be a place where you can become the new you, or the you that you have been created to be. Without conforming to anything, but rather by gaining a revelation of who you have been created to be. And it is our duty as Hillside, as Christians, to show love to everyone so that they can grow. Because only out of a place of love that people grow. Because if there's no love, people die. Is that a heavy? I love the fact that, that Jesus, is, he is the judge. He's the judge of the beginning and the end. He, he'll be the last judge. He is the judge, okay? We got that. Jesus is the judge. But what does he do? when he sees the woman convicted or accused of adultery, gets down on his knees. He says, I don't stand up here and judge you. I get down on my knees and I just start playing in the sand. I don't know if he did anything or wrote anything. He said he wrote something in the sand. And uh, due to the weather conditions, we, we no longer be able to see what he wrote. But 
But he got down. He got down low. Just as he got down low when he washed the disciples' feet, he got down. He got off his judgment seat. He got down. And he said, he who has the, has, is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Who here has never sinned? Okay. We don't cast stones. We don't cast judgment. Jesus was the one that had no sin. Did he pick up a rock then and say, okay, all right, none of you, okay, are worthy of carrying the stone. Okay, only me and let me throw the first stone. Doesn't do that. He doesn't judge. All he does is he loves on that woman. He says, go and sin no more. What a beautiful picture of showing love. We as a church, taking Jesus' example, need to stop judging one another. Need to stop judging the world. Isn't it time that we started loving the world? Extending our area of influence? Because if our area of influence is as far as we can love, and we can only love this far, we are not going to influence the world around us. Jesus is amazing. Perfect love casts out all fear. Do you not think that that woman was in fear? She was, she was terrified because the judgment that was due to her was death by stoning. Terrible, terrible death to endure. But perfect love comes along and takes away all that fear. Don't you want to be a part of that? To be able to to take away fear from the world and say there's a better place for you. There's a place where you can receive love. You can understand what it means to be in a place of love. If you love, you don't need the Ten Commandments. Oh, did he just say that from the pulpit? Hey, I think it's true. We don't need the Ten Commandments if we've got love. Judgment is not for us. What is for us is love. Wow. Okay, so all over the place now. I think, you know, so when Jesus said to his disciples that you should love one another, that's how you would witness that you are my disciples. So what I get out of that is actually for us to be a good witness is for us to start by loving one another. It's a good starting point, isn't it? And then out of that, we can learn what it means to love. And then it can grow to the greater community and into the rest of the world. So the example for me is Jesus saying, the way that you extend the kingdom, you grow the church, is to love one another. Like those monks did. They just started loving each other. They just started appreciating each other, seeing each other as if they were Jesus themselves. Can we do that as a church? Can we show love for one another? And the amazing thing about the kingdom of God is that there will be multiplication. We spoke about seeds in the prayer meeting, about 
receiving seeds, but more being added to us. The kingdom is like that. There is no end to the love of God. Am I right? So the angels running around with their buckets, they get back to the storeroom and they think, this is not going down. And they run back. I'm sure I just took a bucket load. Again and again and again and again and again. The love that you receive is endless. Can we not give endlessly in love? Is that okay? Right, shall we pray? Let's put our big receivers on. Hey, satellite dishes of receivers. Yeah, Father, I thank you that, uh, that we were created to be the apple of your eye. That you just, you don't focus on anything else. Everything else is in place. You created the heavens and you created the earth. You created everything in it. But when you created us, you said this is very good. And your heart is to pour love into us. But not only that you would pour love into us, but that we would receive it. And right now, Lord, we receive the love you have for us. We open our hearts to receive all that you have for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we just not, we are not buckets, but that we are conduits of your love too. That out of us flows living water straight from the throne room into our hearts to those around us. Let us be like your son who got down regardless of what was to come and he still showed love. I thank you, Lord, that you change this place through your love, that we would be an example of your disciples as we love one another. I thank you that in all we do, we base it in love. Let us not evangelize without love. Let us not teach without love. Let us not do anything unless it is based in love. Let the foundation of who we are be the love that you show for us and the love that we show for one another. We love and appreciate you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.